Happy Thanksgiving and welcome to Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand. Final show of the week. Um, recording it a little bit in, a little bit in advance too, so I can get a couple days off that uh, that precede the weekend. So kind of a four day weekend for me. Hopefully, a lot of you guys get the same thing. But still had some stuff I wanted to to get out there before before we really get deep into the, uh, the the turkey and things like that. So decided to do an extra, not an extra show, but another show this week. Randy Johnson joins me here in a little bit to talk go for football, where that season is at. You can hear me sighing already, right? You can hear me just kind of like, ah, like this team, this this program doesn't feel like it's going in the right direction right now. That's an understatement with three straight losses, Wisconsin on the schedule Saturday, an opportunity, I guess, to still be 6-6, six and six, to be bowl eligible, to do something, as Randy and I will talk about, they have not done in more than 60 years, um, but still feels pretty empty. They, you know, they had a lot of chances over the last five to 10 years under both PJ Fleck and Jerry Kill, Tracy Clays, to win the Big Ten West. They had teams that were good enough, certainly, to win the Big Ten West. They were right there a few years, at least, and couldn't get it done. And now you have this year that's disappointing on multiple levels, and now you start staring into the void of 2024 and beyond with harder schedule, no more Big Ten West, um, you know, NIL and transfer portal still very much in effect and you know kind of hurting these kind of middle tier teams in these major conferences so where this program goes after this year is important but the task at hand is also interesting gophers versus badgers on saturday still an opportunity to feel better about their season even if like i tell randy i don't think there's a chance to save this season at this point um so we'll have that coming up in just a little bit Get a quick look at the slate of NFL games at the end of the show. First, though, what did I miss? I want to take you back in time, 25 years, if I might. Don't really need a time machine to do that. You just need to let your memory drift back to a point. Thanksgiving, 1998. Yes, that was 25 years ago. 1998 was 25 years ago. It's hard to kind of fathom that sometimes. I, I wrote about this. Um, I was posted about this on, on X. have a hard time calling it X still. Twitter, what's formerly Twitter. The, sh- the hollowed out husk of what used to be Twitter. I um, po- posed a question on X on, um, on Tuesday, I believe it was, about where were you? What do you remember about Thanksgiving 1998, Randy Moss and the Vikings against the Dallas Cowboys? And, you know, I think predictably a lot of people remembered being with relatives watching football that day because Thanksgiving and football are very closely associated, closely linked. People like to have their football, like to have their turkey. I've always loved that over the years. Just kind of like seems like it goes hand in hand, right? You just got the game on, whether you're dialed into it or, in, you know, or just kind of have it on in the background. And in 1998, Vikings fans were certainly dialed in because that was a magical season, and it's, as it turned out, another piece of the Randy Moss legacy. So a lot of people remember you know, being with relatives, watching football. Um, one person said it made them feel really old that that was 25 years ago. And yeah, the nature of memories, I mean, that does feel like it could have been more recent, but it's also faded quite a bit, right? Like that year 
what you know over the years the the kind of that feeling kind of like becomes more distant it's just the nature of memory and so now 1998 is kind of this distant kind of fuzzy thing in the past none of us were watching on high definition television i don't think unless i don't i don't can't remember exactly when that technology came along but i don't believe we were watching on high definition television i remember i was watching with relatives with my dad and we couldn't believe what we were seeing, but I'm sure we were watching it on like a, you know one of those kind of older style of TVs. And Randy Moss that day goes for three catches, which doesn't sound that impressive until you remember that it was three catches, all of them over 50 yards, totaling 163 yards, all of them for touchdowns. Reading back about the game, I didn't realize he also drew a 50-plus yard pass interference penalty that set up another touchdown. Vikings won the game 46-36. to um, Troy Aikman set a career high with 455 yards passing, I think, in that game. Troy Aikman was still playing. That tells you how long ago it was. Um, if you want to feel old, Troy Aikman, who's been a broadcaster, it seems, forever was the Dallas quarterback in that game forever ago. Vikings win that game 46 to 36. They were they improved to 11 and 1 with that win. Um, they had just beaten the Packers at the Metrodome before that. They'd already had their big Lambo their big Lambo victory earlier in the season. So that was kind of you know the Moss coming out party was already well underway, but to do that on a national stage and there was one of those touchdowns where he was just kind of like tiptoeing down the sideline and then just hit this other gear that I still don't really understand how he did it he just kind of glided past everybody it's like they were expecting to be able to just nudge him out of bounds and then all of a sudden he was past them his breathtaking speed what he could do how he affected defenses if you just go back and look at the highlights and again I understand this is an audio only podcast so just go go look at it if you get a chance later but what he did in that game just kind of took your breath away he he you know in a, on a national stage once again reminding people of how great he was and just you know what what an impact what an outsized impact he had not only in that season but on that franchise what i didn't re- what i didn't realize until reading back on the story of that game 25 years ago the actual anniversary is a few days from now but obviously it was a thanksgiving game so you think about 25 years at this moment um, Moss did not talk to reporters after the game, refused to comment to reporters. He was still on kind of that chip on his shoulder. Um, you know, nobody drafted me, um, going to prove everybody wrong kind of kind of a motivational uh, trip that he was on. And it worked for him. He was great that year. He used that fuel to, uh, to, to push him to greater heights. But I kind of find that funny. Like he has... Three touchdowns, 163 yards, electrifying performance on Thanksgiving on a national TV stage, and he does not want to talk to reporters afterwards. That is the Randy Moss experience rolled up into one tidy jar of cranberries, I guess, is what I would say. But yeah, that was that was the Moss experience. A lot of you remember that game so well. Like I said, a lot of you saying you were at relative's house, you were younger, you, but you still have this kind of vivid but fuzzy memory. Um, one of you said, I was going to college in South America. I called home once a week, always in the evening of game day. International long distance was expensive, so my dad had about two minutes to recap the game. Sorry, Mom. I was so mad I missed seeing Randy's entire rookie season. I mean, 
that's it, right? Like no social media back then, right? Like we weren't, we were barely emailing back then. Like I was still, you know, I had started doing some work for the Star Tribune, but I was still in college then. I was still finishing up college. College is where I got my first email address. Like this feels impossibly long ago, yet it doesn't feel like that long ago at all, right? That's the, that's the nature of memory. That's the nature of this 1998 season that feels fresh, but kind of fuzzy and distant now. How, how that Thanksgiving day felt, I guess that that game i guess is more more exists as a feeling than anything else at this point in time what moss did that day what the vikings did that season those are more feelings than they are kind of vivid memories at this point everything is kind of like snips and just little bits and pieces but the record tells you what moss did that day and like i said 3 for 163 three touchdowns one of the most bizarre amazing performances and stat lines you will ever see Maybe we'll see something like that again on Thursday or something from the Vikings like that later this year. I don't know, but that'll be hard to top that performance by Moss, which was one for the ages. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin. Let's talk over football today with Randy Johnson from the Star Tribune. One more to go, Randy. Not that you're counting, not that anybody else is counting, but one more regular season game after losing 37-3 at Ohio State last week, no surprise to anybody. Uh, the Gophers might not technically need to win against Wisconsin on Saturday to become bowl eligible, as we'll talk about here in a minute, but it would sure at least be a far more positive way to go into bowl eligibility to get that sixth win and uh, and end and the regular season with a win over a rival. Yeah, definitely there, Mike. They're, they... Uh... They need to stop the bleeding here. You know, the, the Ohio State game was, wasn't a surprise that they, they got beat, and, and the margin wasn't, you know, too much of a surprise either. It's just that, that that gets thrown on top of the collapse against Illinois and then the blowout loss at Purdue. So, you know, they need to do something here to close on, on, a, on a note that, you know, it gives themselves some self-respect, I guess. It, it's just, you know, you don't want to end on a, on a four-game losing streak like that. You know, they t- and they talk a lot about, being able to zero in on one game at a time. But I imagine that's, you know, it, it's harder to do, easier said than done when you're, when things aren't going well, probably easier to compartmentalize when you're winning and just say, okay, on to the next one kind of thing. How how do you imagine they, you know, physically and or mentally, where do you think they are going into this Wisconsin game? Well, yeah, you know, physically they're, they've been beaten up uh, at, a, at a couple of key positions, uh, obviously at linebacker where uh, Cody Lindenberg appeared close to be, be to play it, being able to play in that game, but uh, he went through warmups, but uh, wasn't able to go ultimately. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him playing against Wisconsin. I would think that would be, you know, they, there's a good chance they probably, you know, made, made sure he didn't get banged up in this one and give him a chance against Wisconsin here to play. That would, that would help that defense quite a bit offensively. Uh, he got the running back five, Jordan, Jordan Newbin, uh, you know, just taking all the all the pounding now. Um, you know, he, he's he's doing a, doing a you know a yeoman's work there and and helping out. But uh, you know, their depth has has really been tested this year at, at that position. So those are two that uh, you know pretty vital positions for a football team. 
the Ohio State game, they were going to lose that probably no matter what, but I turned it off. I had I had like a little bit of time to watch after, I think I've talked about this earlier the week on the show, but I had a little bit of time to watch after um, hosting like 10 first graders for a birthday party at our house. And as soon as they punted, and they punted again a little bit after that, I believe, but as soon as they punted on fourth and five from the Ohio State 40, when I think it was only like seven nothing in the game, I lost interest real quick. And, you know, and it's again, they're not going to, they're probably not going to win that game no matter what. But that became a point of contention for a lot of Gopher fans. I think you wrote about it in your game story. You know, it's defensible, but what, what did you make of, of that strategy in the game? Well, I, you know, I see what he was trying to do. I, um, you know, he's trying to limit the possessions, trying to, you know, pin, pin Ohio State back, you know, make them go 90 yards, 95 yards. Uh, and they got a good performance on our punter, Mark Crawford. You know, he had five uh, punts within inside the 20 and a couple of them down in, in the, at the three, uh, the, the two, the two chances, uh, where they, uh, punted on fourth down from the, the 40 and the 42, uh, basically that, uh, they they were at the eleven and three, so you know it's not like they were they gave up you know like a touchback, but it yeah it but it 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 didn't it, it, there was no boldness to the strategy there yeah. you're, you're not uh, pushing hard to score and you know my thoughts my thought at the time was where um, when are you going to score here how are you going to score if you get to the forty and you can't you can't uh, you know you don't take a chance there um, you know they 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 only um, broke inside the 40 one more time in the game um, in Ohio State's 40, and they never got inside their 30. So it, it's, you know, I think it was a couple chances where, you know, this hindsight too, but even when it was happening, you think, okay, you, you'd like to see them be, be, be a little more a little more bold. I mean, you know, it's the old uh, Wayne Gretzky axiom, uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Right, right. Is it? It's disconcerting, not just the Gophers, but like just the distance between Ohio State, Michigan, and everybody else in the conference. I mean, I have Penn State's Penn State can compete still too, but they're not quite in that echelon. Like it really feels like the Big Ten, like at a different point in time, at different points in time. You know, Michigan's had its little down, you know, down stretch a little bit, and Ohio State had has been more beatable at different points, and even you know, Gophers giving them better games back in the day. It just feels like. Those teams are completely out of the Gophers league right now and, and out of a lot of other Big Ten West teams leagues and you know other other Big Ten East teams too. There's a there's a widening gap, it feels like, and maybe it's just the moment those programs are in, but it feels like it's been that way for a few years now. Yeah, it, it's really it seems like the last few years of of this East West matchup, especially. I mean, you look at uh uh at Iowa, the the Big Ten West champ this year, um they're they went out to Penn State and got beat thirty one nothing. Yeah, and, you know. It's the third best team in, in the East. Uh, you know, it's you know, it's it's the recruiting, it, it you know, the coaching. It, it's they've they've just got those programs running on. Well, and then Michigan State, uh, it's a cheating too. But you know, yeah, I mean, right. in Michigan's case, not yeah. Michigan's. It's it's you know, they're they've they've uh, exploited some edges, and, and it's just uh, you know, college football is the opposite of the NFL. When you're uh, when you're in the NFL, if you're a bad team, you get higher draft picks. College, you're a bad team. You have a really tough time getting better talent. Yeah, and especially at this this day and age, like you alluded to, name, image, likeness, transfer pool. You know, guys, transfer portal guys coming in and out quickly. If you're not getting playing time, you're not winning. It is easy 
to go somewhere else. And, you know, PJ Fleck talked about that earlier this year, pretty candidly, right? Like if they don't get more of that NIL money, if they don't, if something doesn't change, what do you, he likened them to basically becoming a, like a triple A team or a farm club of some of these other teams. Well, and, the, and the, there, there have been examples of, you know, they lost a couple of really good running backs in uh, Bucky Irving and Kai Thomas uh, that did very well for them as, uh, as true freshmen. Um, you know, uh, Irving is, is doing very well at, at, um, Oregon, uh, Kai Thomas, not so much. Um, uh, he, he was at Kansas, then he transferred to Kent. Uh, another one of Trey Potts is at Penn state, you know, things like that. They're, they're basically, yeah, you, uh, it, it, it's becoming a point in time where you're going to have to pay to retain players. And, you know, if you, if you can't do that, your depth's going to get hurt pretty bad. Uh, linebacker depth for the for the Gophers was hurt bad this uh, off season when uh, you, you got a Braylon Oliver going to to um, Georgia Tech. You you have uh, Donald Willis going to Western Michigan. You know maybe not the you know they might not have been starters, but they would have they would have helped this year with these injuries. Uh, also, uh, uh, defensive back Flip Dixon goes to Rutgers and has had had, had a very good year. It's it's it's. Um, this whole the portal and the NIL, it's just change college football. It's 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 almost like a mercenary type thing at times. Had a big impact on a lot of teams. Now that the competition becomes a little bit more familiar and a little bit more level this weekend, Wisconsin, you know, I think we would say has, you know, not had a year up to their standards. They are bowl eligible now after beating Nebraska in overtime last week if i'm not mistaken so they're they're in already at six and five now before we get into this game and kind of some of the history of this rivalry explain to me randy please uh explain to me like i'm six how the gophers can still go five and seven and make a bowl game well it depends on how many open bowl slots there are uh come next saturday night uh so uh right now through last weekend there were look, there's 82 total spots for bowl games, 41 games. Um, 67 had been filled, so there are 15 available. Uh, 82 what, spots for like 140 teams, less than that. Uh, 100, 133, uh, 133, 82 for 133. It's like, man, that's easy to get a bowl anyway. Okay, go on. It, it is, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, so if they can't be filled, uh, the the main the, the the mechanism that the NCAA has been using is the academic progress rate. Now the Gophers uh, back in 2015 went to the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit on the strength of, the, of their APR, their academic rate. Uh, that they, they went there at, at, as a five and seven team and winning uh, beating Central Michigan. This year there's a little bit of a twist because there are two teams that have that have more than six wins. That are are in their they're making the transition from uh, the football championship subdivision to the bowl, the bowl subdivision. Right, they have been ruled ineligible to get to a bowl the traditional way. We're talking James Madison and Jacksonville State of Alabama. Um, the NCAA will let them participate in a bowl as a replacement if there are open spots in a bowl if there's not enough six win teams they would get the first two okay. um, and after that the gophers are first in line so basically with 15 spots um that's down to 13 with jmu and jacksonville state 
if there there's 24 teams that still can get to six wins yeah and looking at the spreads on those games 12 or favorites 12 or underdogs so okay. if it, say like a 12 there would still be one spot wow. the gophers get there if, if say 13 14 then the gophers wouldn't be there as a five and 17 of course you know the gophers can put that out of the equation by beating wisconsin would they accept at five and seven? You got to get those extra practices, right? We will love those extra practices and money. There's money involved. Yes, too. and money. Yes, and money. We they would definitely accept if they were in at five and seven. They would they wouldn't be like, eh, you know, yeah. we didn't really earn it this year. I asked PJ about this this week, and yes, they would they would definitely accept. They would definitely accept it. Okay, but then I think it's more of a Big Ten, yeah, situation. The whole con- that's that's a yeah. conference policy. Now, obviously, they would prefer to do it to earn it in, in as it, as it were to be six and six. Um, what's that going to take? I mean, it's going to take obviously better than they've done lately. I mean, if we throw the Ohio State game out the window, like you said, the Purdue game and the Illinois game doesn't give you a whole lot of confidence. At least the way the Illinois game ended and the way the Purdue game went. But you know, Wisconsin is not the behemoth it's been in the past. There's an opportunity there, especially playing at Huntington Bank Stadium, and especially. In a game that you know the should be should be a crisp crisp fall day, I would imagine as well. Yeah, yeah, you know it's you know Wisconsin. Um, they got a couple of their injured uh, good players back last week, and right back Braylon Allen, and then the quarterback Tanner Mordecai, who can run around a bit. Um, so yeah, if if they're if they're at, at good health, you know they're they're much more challenging than they were when they were going through some, uh, some tough times, uh, you know, it's, it's still not been a great season for them. I'm, I'm sure they, they were looking for a lot more than, uh, you know, than uh, just scraping in, getting into a bowl game. Um, but uh, yeah, it, Gophers, they just, you know, they, they need a good defensive effort um, and it would help to have a guy like uh, Cody Lindemere back, back if he's available. Um, you know, it's, it's, they just have some spots where they're pretty thin right now. And um, it's made, it's made uh, keeping the, uh, the score down for the opponent, it's made it pretty tough. To me, there's no quote unquote saving this season at this point. I mean, they've they've had enough disappointing losses, Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue. Even if you win two of those, I think you feel better about where you are right now. They lost all three. So there's I don't think there's a saving of the season. They can certainly feel better about their season if they beat Wisconsin. How how do you feel about the framing of their year, win, loss, otherwise in this game? Yeah, I think it'll 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 be judged as disappointment by most people. It's you know it's they had you know they were sitting pretty good after they beat Iowa and Michigan State back to back. They were uh, leading the Big Ten West and basically you know they didn't have to run the table per se, but they beat beat the beatable teams and and, and you go to Indy. Um, didn't happen. Uh, so now yeah, they're they're playing to get the get the. Uh, keep Paul Bunyan's axe for another year, which, you know, obviously you, you, you'd love, you'd love to do that if you're a Gophers player or, or fan, you know, just to, you know, it's always good to, to uh, beat your rival in that way. And then you would have uh, ownership of both that and Floyd or Rosedale uh, together for the, for the, for a full year for the first time since 1990. So it's, uh, you know, it, there's something to be salvaged, but you know, is it say it, I wouldn't, if you, uh, if you ask me, does it save season? I'd say, well, it depends on your definite definition of the word save. For me, not necessarily save it, but at least end it with a, you know, on an upbeat note. It would improve it for sure. Um, rumor has it they can only control those two trophies if beat writer Randy Johnson is covering the team. Is that true? Uh well, the last time that they um, they had 
both trophies for a full year, uh, and they won it the same year, was uh, 1990. And, uh, yes, I was covering the Gophers for the Minnesota Daily back at that time. That's amazing. I love that. Now, I went back even further in the history. We were doing a little bit of poking around before we started the segment. We put Nebraska into that mix, too. And obviously, Nebraska wasn't in the Big Ten during all of this time. But they be, you know, they've played them since 1960s, the, the point we're going to go back to. Since 1960, they've played Nebraska 27 times, like a bunch of times in the Big Ten, whole bunch in the non-conference. They were a wee bit overmatched by Nebraska for a while in the 70s and 80s and maybe stopped playing them for a while, but 27 opportunities. You do, Randy, have to go all the way back to 1960 when the Gophers last was, that was their last Rose Bowl team, right? Their last Rose Bowl team. No, 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 they're, they're oh, 66. That's right. That's right. They, they went, went 67. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They went. Yeah, that's no, right. That's right. No, 61. They went. 61. Yeah. That's right. Um, so 60, that was the last time that they beat Wisconsin, Iowa, and Nebraska in the same season. I don't imagine you covered that team. Uh, I think our good. I, I wasn't born yet. Yeah. No. So. Um, I imagine our dearly departed close personal friends at Hartman probably had some things to say about that season and those games 63 years ago. But that tells you, like, you know, they beat they beat Nebraska. It was a close game this year. Probably got them at a good time, but they did win that game. They've already beaten Iowa. Was it 13-10 and then and then 12-10 were those two scores. Maybe not going to be the, the, the highest scoring game in this one either, but this opportunity, you know, even in a year that's disappointing, could they could do something they haven't done in over 60 years. Yeah, that would that would be nice for them to finish with with, with those. I mean, it, you'd have uh, you'd have the the, the two main, main trophies, and then that and then they got that bits of broken chair trophy that was that was concocted a few years back for charity, which that's that's a good thing to have too. So no, it, it, it's kind of I always thought um, for them to win the West, they would have to uh, beat both uh, um, Wisconsin and Iowa in the same season, and and they could end up doing that this year and not win the West. Not even close. And they beat Nebraska five five years in a row now, which I hadn't realized until we looked all of that up. So and um, still an opportunity this weekend to feel better about how it ended. Um and you know, perhaps a chance to get to a bowl game regardless. But they kinda I feel like they really need and we talked about this I think last time, like the last time they were kind of in the spot with Wisconsin. 2018, they beat the Badgers to get bowl eligible, and it really did give them something to kind of lean on and, and build towards in in 2019. And that was, believe it or not, that was a young Tanner Morgan back then, right? I mean, that was a, he was a, he was a younger quarterback back then, going into uh, going into you know from 2018 to 2019. You know, I, I'm sure extra reps and extra opportunities for for Ethan Calic Manis wouldn't wouldn't hurt and could give them a little bit of something going into a much harder schedule in 2024. Yeah, that that's you know I I think it's it, it would be pretty pretty big for them to get that get get into a bowl and get those practices and and you know work things out and just yeah they they, they I they just need to improve this, you know in several areas uh, yeah this this one will be a season that uh, you know, a lot of disappointments all over the all, all over the field but uh, you know you just gotta you just gotta keep working at it I guess I mean it's just it's you know and obviously the uh, the transfer portal, uh, NIL, um, recruiting is, uh, early signing day coming up in, in, in December. That, that's uh, some important times once the season's over here, too. You can excuse a year like this as long as it doesn't become a pattern or a habit. So, yeah, I think the rest of this year and then certainly 2024 are important. We will see. 
Randy Johnson, what they're able to do against the Badgers on Saturday. Randy will have coverage of it as always. Appreciate it, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. Well, good, Mike. Thanks a lot. Good stuff from Randy as always. Go check out that game on Saturday. You know, it's still worth something, right? It's still worth, um, you know, bowl eligibility for sure. And like Randy and I talked about, they haven't beat Wisconsin and Iowa in the same year since 1990. They haven't beaten Wisconsin, Iowa, and Nebraska in the same season since 1960. So doesn't get uh, doesn't get a lot of uh, opportunity to do that, so maybe that's something to watch for in this game, even if the season as a whole has been disappointing. Let's finish with the cooler NFL games coming up before Sunday. Um, the Thanksgiving Day is a little hit or miss. Packers-Lions early game. What do you do if you're a Vikings fan? Do you want the hated Packers to win to give the Lions a you know another loss and maybe kind of keep the division in play, or you just like to see the Packers lose? However you decide to play that one is up to you, but that's the early game. Commanders, Cowboys, uh, you can probably skip that one. That's not going to be a very good game at all. Night game is pretty good, though. 49ers, Seahawks, chance for both of those teams to uh, kind of take command in the in the NFC in their division race. So that's a, that's a decent game. And don't forget, too, uh, Black Friday. There's a Black Friday game, 2 o'clock on Friday. Dolphins and Jets. They will find any excuse to put a game on the calendar. Dolphins and Jets. If you want to see a former Green Bay quarterback veteran play, um, it's not Aaron Rodgers, sorry, but it is Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle taking over for uh, for for Zach Wilson finally in New York. I don't think New York has great options, but Tim Boyle will be the starting quarterback for the Jets. They have seen enough of Zach Wilson, and if the Dolphins win this game, it pretty much will end any realistic Jets playoff scenario, which pretty much will put to bed any notion of, uh, of Aaron Rodgers actually coming back from his Achilles injury this year, even though he insists and they keep saying that he is on track to maybe play later this year. That will do it for me today. Thanks for joining me on this Thanksgiving edition. Uh, Broycey and I will be back at it Monday. Until then, enjoy the rest of your day. I'm Michael Rand, and we'll see you then.